Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, we have a special guest joining us on the show. She's an epigenetic and nutritional researcher and goes by the name as Miss Biohacker on Instagram, which is totally the coolest name ever. Laura Drufa, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Awesome. Laura, maybe did you want to let my listeners know a bit about you and maybe share a bit about your journey so far. Yes, of course. So I started um, studying nutrition like five years ago when I went to the army and I had the opportunity to join um, some courses on nutrition. And then of course I was so fascinated by it that I wanted to know more about it. And I started um, studying at the university nutritional sciences and also on epigenetic I did many courses on toxins micronutrients and at the moment I'm very yeah interested in researching in epigenetics and finding out how we can influence our genes and that we're not the victims of our genes basically. Mm, Amazing and so you said that you know, part of your interest has been sort of epigenetics. Is there any sort of area within that that interests you the most? Not yet, because I just started the course uh, last year. And I think um, the most interesting part is how we can 
live with some mutations and snips. And I mean, everyone has them. And I think, yeah, it's the future of medicine and healthcare. And we could influence our health so much with knowing what to do and how to turn certain genes off and on. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Because um, I guess the, the most well-known polymorphism would be the MTHFR, you know, converting yeah, folic acid think. into folate. So maybe did you want to expand upon that one? Because a lot of people will yeah. you know, want definitely to know. talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So, so did you want to sort of explain maybe what that MTHFR polymorphism is for my listeners sort of explain that? Yeah, I, I think we should start uh, with methylation. Yeah. So um, most people never even heard of it. So methylation is basically the process of adding a methyl group to a chemical. And this chemical could be um, a toxin or the DNA, so DNA methylation. And um, also hormones and neurotransmitters are methylated. Methylation is used for basically every process in the body. And it's so important for DNA protection and energy production, converting food into energy in our body and for fertility as well. So I think most people never yeah, realized how big the impact is on methylating properly. And also it has a lot to do with the nutrition, things we put in our body, but also things we should not put in our body and we should detoxify those things like also too much estrogen is yeah very common in, in women today. And methylation is very important to get rid of those extra estrogen in the body and to support the menstrual cycle and also fertility. Yeah, and maybe did you want to, I guess, with um, using methyl donors, you know, either supplements versus food, maybe did you want to explain the differences in the folic acid that's found in, let's say, spinach versus organ meats. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> beef liver. Eat your beef liver, guys. So um, we have the folic uh, or the, the folate cycle, and which is basically we ingest folate from nutrition, and then we have tetrahydrofolate, which should be converted into the active form methyl tetrahydrofolate. And for that process, we need certain enzymes um, to convert them. And also, yeah, dietary folate, we should know that if we take it, for example, from spinach, we will not get as many um, benefits from it as if we would eat beef liver, for example. And this is why I also tell everyone, eat your organ meats because they're so high in folate or also eggs. Eggs are also fine. Um, I eat eggs every day. <laughs> basically, and beef liver at least once a week to make sure that my body is provided with enough folate. Yeah, yeah. And maybe with, I guess, with the methylation pathways, I know you mentioned mm -hmm. assisting with estrogen um, detoxification. Uh, maybe did you want to explain, mm -hmm. you know, the importance of that? Yeah, basically it's... Um, especially for women, it's really important nowadays. We see the fertility, um, yeah, the fertility is inclining in women. The more and more people have miscarriages or um, babies that are that have certain diseases from birth on, and this has also a lot of 
to do with um, estrogen dominance because women should balance their hormones. In the first um, cycle phase, estrogen is dominant. And in the second phase of the cycle, progesterone should be dominant. But if we have too much estrogen, this could lead to a lot of problems like PMS, endometriosis, and in the end also to infertility. And I know so many girls that are on the pill. I was also. And this could also lead to estrogen dominance. And if we do not have enough methyl donors, um, we can't convert or metabolize this estrogen efficiently. And this, in return, leads to an estrogen dominance. And this also is very important for most people. I mean, every, I think every second person is overweight in Germany. Every second, one, one in two. Every, one in two. Wow. Yes. And this is not only important for women, it's also important for men because when men are estrogen dominant, they get those man boobs, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, and then they also have testosterone problems and it leads to a man that is not very masculine and this is actually a bad thing. So a man, a man needs to be masculine and <laughs> to support To support it, you should make sure that your body can convert those estrogens so that you have sufficient amounts of testosterone in your body. Hmm. And this is why you should um, yeah, support your methylation processes in the body. And as I just said, you have the folate cycle in the first place. But this is not what methylation is about. Um, the important thing is um, you convert You have the amino acid methionine, and this is converted with enzymes into SAMI, S-adenosyl methionine. And this is the body's unique methyl donor. So every, every time your body has a methylation process in the body, um, it needs SAMI to give a methyl group away to, for example, detoxify and, um, yeah, converts your neurotransmitters also if you have Too much dopamine. We will come to that later when we talk about the comp gene variant mm. and how your body can convert the neurotransmitters and metabolize them correctly so that all your methylation processes work well. Mm. Yeah, really, really well explained there. And I guess the other aspect there, Laura, is maybe did you want to discuss how methylation is linked with homocysteine? as well yeah yeah so also in the method cycle when you have that semi and it gives us method group away then there is um, yeah a step where homocysteine is created and homocysteine could be converted in two ways either it's glutathione body owns antioxidant which is very important and it's converted with the enzyme cbs into glutathione or it could also be converted into methionine again. So it's a cycle. It starts with methionine and it ends with methionine. And for that process, um, vitamin B12, the active form is very important. So methylcobalamin. And methylcobalamin gets a methyl group from the folate cycle. So, you know, it's very important that the folate cycle works and also the methyl cycle. And this is why it is very important that you eat sufficient amounts of B vitamins in your nutrition. And it's not so smart um, to just use a multivitamin 
because the B vitamins are mostly in a not active form. So your body needs additional methyl group to activate those B vitamins. Mm. So make sure to eat your beef liver yeah. and yeah. other animal products. So, I mean, milk, cheese, and um, steak, if it's steak, um, mm. other organ meats, they're all high in B vitamins. And this is the other really important point is the, um, the perfect balance of these nutrients found in these mm -hmm. food, these superfoods, which are, are never considered superfoods, but they really are because they're full of these. Yeah. Like kale. Kale is probably the worst thing you could eat <laughs> to, to support your nutrient deficiencies. Please don't do that. Yeah. Well, well what, about, what, what about those that have the, the raw kale smoothies in the morning? Oh, no, they are also high in oxalates. And I don't want to talk about this now. This is a rabbit hole. <laughs> I start talking about this, but just don't think that leafy greens, dark leafy greens will support your body with a lot of nutrients. It's not like that. Animal proteins are perfect or animal foods um, in general are perfect. Um, and they're high in all those vitamins your body needs. And also seafood is very good as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I agree there. Um, I'm definitely more animal-based than, uh, mm -hmm. than probably 80% animal-based and then maybe 20% plant-based my, my, my diet at the moment. Yeah, I think most people could improve their methylation so much by just having a real food diet um, with good animal foods, like mm -hmm. I just said, and um, not just using a supplement because supplements also need some genes and to, to be converted. Like the comp gene is very important also for metabolizing those supplements. And some supplements even could be harmful when, you're, when you do not know much about it. Like I just said, with the inactivated form of um, folate, then you will have a problem with methylation, especially if you already have the MTHF arsenic. So this comp C-O-M-T gene. Did you want to maybe explain what the, yes. fun the function of that is? Yes. So it's called a catechol O-methyltransferase. And um, yeah, this I, I actually saw myself in this because um, there are people who have a good working comp gene and there are people that have a very bad working comp gene. And this comp gene is very important to metabolize your neurotransmitters also when it comes to stress and dopamine, adrenaline, norepinephrine. Um, for all those neurotransmitters, you need the comp gene to convert it and to add a methyl group. So yeah, that it's that you do not have like high adrenaline all the time. And um, if you are, for example, like very full of motivation and always excited and you have a high self-consciousness and you're a workaholic and just want to do more and more and more and you have problems with sleeping and you also have high sexual desire, which is not a bad thing <laughs> because um, it, it also metabolizes estrogen. And then that means that you have probably a slow comp gene. So you can't convert those um, neurotransmitters very good. And people with a fast comp gene are the exact opposite. They are very quiet. They're 
yeah, they're very, they, they have no motivation and they're also not so optimistic. And this is also, I mean, I think we both have a <laughs> slow routine, but, um, <laughs> you know, those people who, um, have a um, fast routine there they're like always oh I'm, I'm not motivated i can't get my work finished and i can't motivate myself to wake up and to do those things and they don't do not have goals and what's also very interesting when guys are like 15 they have high testosterone and testosterone even converts those neurotransmitters even faster so those guys um, they need an adrenaline kick very often. They go bungee jumping or they go, they buy a, a motor bicycle or something like that because they convert dopamine so fast that they always want that dopamine hit. Um, or when you want to listen to music all the time, it means that your, your brain wants that dopamine hit and wants to keep up with the dopamine because mm. it gets converted so quickly. Yeah. And they also um, convert estrogen very fast, which could lead to your low libido and that you're not so happy with your sexual life, for example. Mm, yeah. And um, as part of that comped picture, the whole expression of that gene, um, there's many things that can either increase it or decrease it as well, right? Like mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, ECGC um, found in yes. yeah. So do you want to explain mm-hmm. more about that? Yes, what I think is uh, the key message for the listeners is that they should make sure to provide their body with even more folate and vitamin B12. Also, vitamin B6 is very important and choline from eggs. And with that, you could support this process of yeah, converting those neurotransmitters faster or also a little bit slower if you need to. Mm. And yeah, the problem is, I think, when people are very stressed, so like stressed all the time, it, it, it doesn't have to be just um, mental stress, but also physical stress, mm. doing sports, over-exercising, um, yeah, just thinking about work all of the time. Even social media is a stressor or toxins from the air. If you live in a big city, you are stressed all of the time. Blue light, like I'm surrounded by blue red right now when I shouldn't be. And this makes it even harder to get rid of uh, yeah, those stress hormones and also cortisol. And this is when the MAO comes to play. This is also a gene, um, an enzyme that converts stress hormones. And for converting it, you of course, you need SAMI, methyl groups from SAMI. And what happens when you're highly stressed, constantly stressed? You need so much SAMI that you do not have sufficient amounts of SAMI to convert or to just for DNA methylation, which is a very bad thing because there are the so-called oncogenes that are genes that could lead to cancer development. And those genes should be silenced, of course. And um, for silencing those genes, you need the tumor suppressor genes. And if you cannot, yeah, methylate those tumor suppressor genes, you will have a problem with those oncogenes. So in the end, a bad methylation could lead to cancer in the end or Mm. to infertility as well. Mm. That tumor suppressor gene that you're referring to, is it the P53? Oh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I haven't, I'm not sure yet. 
Okay, yeah. I think the, the, the main point here is that the methylation can affect so many different systems of the body. And, and as you literally just mentioned there, under-methylators are at increased risk of various forms of you know, potential cancers. Basically, any type of cancer you could think of mm. has to do with epigenetic abnormalities. It's, it's all about epigenetics. It's not about your genes. I mean, most people do those gene tests and just say, oh, I have those cancer genes and then they're afraid and then they think of getting cancer one day. But actually, they can influence it so much with their nutrition, right? Nutrition and also leaving the bad stuff out. Like, don't go to McDonald's. It, it just makes it worse. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of detoxification, what have you explored there? Because I know you're a biohacker like myself, so I'm sure you incorporate some detox strategies. So yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone has toxins in the body. Even babies, the fetus they already have toxins from the mother in their body. So you cannot just stop having toxins. Even if you live on the land and you think the air is clean, it's not true because the farmers that spray, that spray pesticides, they are in the air everywhere. They can reach like more than 100 kilometers from the place where it's sprayed and it's, it's everywhere. So you cannot save yourself from toxins, but you could support your detoxification with eating sufficient amounts of methyl groups. And in some cases, it makes even sense to supplement those methyl groups. You can supplement SAMI, for example. I think it would be very beneficial and just support your microbiome that your toxins can be bind with certain supplements. I think you already made a podcast about it. And uh, about detoxification, it's a big topic, but uh, essentially when it comes to methylation, make sure it works and make sure you, you provide your body with those methyl groups. Mm. Great stuff. Great stuff. And also I know that you mentioned psycho, the psycho mm-hmm. model. So maybe do you want to explore that one? Yes, of course. So, um, yeah, most people think it's who to say if you manifest something and visualize it, you will reach your goal very easy. But there's actually science behind it because every time you think of something, every time you experience something, um, your brain releases signals to your body and it creates every emotion you feel and everything releases a hormone or neurotransmitter and this could either be bad or a good thing and if you're always in a bad mindset if you do not have motivation and think everything is bad and the world is against me you will release bad signals in your brain and those signals they will hit (laughs) at some point the cell membrane and the cell nucleus where it interferes with our DNA and the epigenome. And so it's hard science that we can influence the epigenome with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our emotions, with people we surround ourselves with. And even that could alter our genes in a good or in a bad way. This is when we should also talk about oxytocin because most people or even biohackers think about which supplement could I take and how could I optimize this? And I need my blue pocket and I need to go to sleep. But most people miss out on oxytocin and on the benefits on it. And there was actually 
um, a study or not a real study done by a king like more than 100 years ago or so. And he had a lot of babies and he just said, we will give those babies everything they need, like water, food, light, everything except love and physical touch. And all those babies died mm. because they missed out on oxytocin. So what is really important is just to hug someone, spend time with friends you love, physical touch, a partner would be nice as well. Or if you're surrounded by your family and just, yeah, I mean, especially in those times where everyone just wants to be like, stay away from me, don't touch me. No, it's not that good. I mean, we see those cases, but we also see a rise in physical health. Physical health is declining and depression is rising and suicides are rising and all those, all those things. And they're influenced by oxytocin. Mm. So social media is not a real hug or a real friend. It's just your phone. And most people live in their phone and think I'm so connected with all of my friends around the world, which is a nice thing. Don't get me wrong. I also use social media, but um, yeah, it's still very important to have physical contact with people and real conversations touch. You actually exchange electrons. If you touch someone. Mm. I guess the main point there is the anti-aging effects of socialization and connection. Because even with yeah. oxytocin, I think you may have seen one of my posts where it actually has a positive feedback loop. Yes. It, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, huh? It's really crazy. What, 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 I mean, it's just so obvious if you think about it, how we evolved. How did we evolve? We evolved in small tribes where we had a good connection with all those people, where we had a real food diet, a good night's sleep, a good environment, no toxins in the air. And yeah, and it's we have still those same genes. They mm. haven't changed. Mm. But we have a lot of more stressors on our body, like people living in big cities and and um disrespecting their circadian rhythm with with yeah, which also alters our genes in a very bad way. Mm. And all those all those civilization diseases, they're not there in those tribes that are still living like our ancestors lived. What about, I guess, when it comes to like circadian rhythm, shifting the circadian rhythm forward, I guess, like, so you're you're someone who believes, you know, get to bed early and wake up earlier. Mm -hmm. Is that someone? Um, Get to bed. Like I always say, try to wind down when it gets dark and try to be awake when it's, yeah, light outside and the sunrise is there. But I mean, it's actually not that easy when it's winter and it's like very dark all of the time. So my recommendation for this is get yourself a red light device, especially for the morning and also a blue light device, a good daylight bulb, because if you live in Sweden or in Northern Europe, for example, it's very dark all of the time. And then you need to support your circadian rhythm with those light lamps. And what is also very interesting, there's a gene that produces melatonin, but Mm -hmm. If there is artificial light around, the gene is turned off and you cannot produce melatonin. It's no wonder that so many people have yeah, sleeping problems and cannot go to bed. 
And what I also posted a while ago was when I lived in Munich and it's a really big city and it's full of EMFs and um, light 24 seven. And I track my sleep with aura, obviously. <laughs> and um, what I saw in my aura statistics is that my sleep was so bad. My heart rate variability decreases. And yeah, I, I do not have that deep sleep phases and like it should be, my readiness score is bad, etc. And when I sleep at my parents' house here and on the farm, I have the best sleep ever. And you can really measure it, how your environment and the circadian rhythm and toxins in the air and all those stresses influence your gene expression. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When I first bought my first pair of um, blue blocking glasses, which was mm-hmm. a number, you know, maybe five, six years ago, the difference it made on my sleep quality was phenomenal. Like I just, honestly, I felt it just improved sleep straight away. Like within the really? first yeah. you sleep immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It just helps so much. Uh, yes. I also have one, but if I would wear it now, I would get tired. So <laughs> I stopped using it for that. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. It's a, it's a life changer. Even I guess maybe to explain to our listeners, like the first thing in the morning, right? Like the first thing people should be exposing themselves to is out, like going outside and actually exposing themselves mm-hmm. to the sun, right? Definitely. I, I always say that it's, I think at some point it's even more important uh, the circadian rhythm than the nutrition because light is also information on a yeah molecular level because your cell senses all those yeah um, light and the, the wrong light all, as well. Blue light is toxic to the body if you are surrounded by blue light too much. I mean, we need blue light natural blue light but not from light bulbs and from the tv or from the smartphone and i think it's also a good hack to just not watch tv in the evening Mm. and not use your smartphone before you go to bed and stare at it like this even if you wear your blue blockers i mean there are some hacks and how you could improve it but it it will still disrupt your sleep and Mm. it's just not optimal i mean try not using blue light devices and just go with candles for one day and you will see how your sleep will improve. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's so basic, but yeah, it's yeah. still not easy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even, I guess that term epigenetics, I know we've sort of discussed, you know, the nutritional intervention, so how nutrition and diet affects some of the methylation pathways, but then maybe, you know, what else is affecting it from a lifestyle perspective? You know, is it, does exercise, how does exercise impact that as well? Yeah, definitely. So even if you stop moving every 20 minutes, you alter your genes in a negative way. So if you sit all day on a chair like this and work, most people work in home office today and just, they are just on their computer all day. And this alters your genes in a bad way. So what I usually have is a stand-up desk And I stand in front of my computer and move all of the time. And you make those micro movements and they are very important. But also um, if you go to the gym or if you do endurance training, um, it's a stressor on the body, but it's a good stressor. Um, And you can metabolize your other uh, neurotransmitters more easy. So especially 
if you have a um, slow comp gene like we two have, it's very good to do some exercise because we support our methylation because we are not so stressed all of the time because we could handle stress like cortisol and adrenaline easier if we implement some workouts in, in our lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's often a neglected aspect is um, just the micro amounts of movement every day. Yeah, it's not about just going to the gym every day. This would actually be not so good for most people because they're already so stressed and we also need to regenerate our body and recover good overnight. Um, mm. When it comes to recovery, also methylation is a big topic because we need a methylfolate for human growth hormone, which we release also during the night. And um, if we do not have sufficient amount of methyl groups, we cannot produce human growth hormone. And this is why so many people feel so like they had, <laughs> like they drank the night before. And, <laughs> and um, because they didn't release sufficient amounts of human growth hormone, this is also important to go to bed early, not too late, respect your circadian rhythm so that when melatonin is released, then you will release human growth hormone. And in the morning, you could then uh, release cortisol, which is a good thing to wake up. Because when people are highly stressed in the evening, are on their smartphone, or it's a stressor, the, the smartphone is a stressor. So when your cortisol is high in the evening, it's most likely that it's very low in the, in the morning. Mm. And then feel like you have a headache or you can't really concentrate because you lack cortisol and you could actually do something like a cortisol graph and just write down um, on which time of the day you feel stressed or awake and alert and on which time you feel calmed down and just relaxed because if it's the other way around then it should be you're stressed in the evening and you're calm and tired and not so alert in the morning which is not good and then you could support it with just calming down cutting out out all stressors in the evening just read a book talk to a friend or do something that just makes you calm down and in the morning you can go out like you said watch the sunrise go outside and go grounding and um yeah help your body to release that cortisol because blue light in the morning is very important to make our bodies to that it produces cortisol. Mm. Yeah. Really, really, really well explained there. And I guess um, the other aspect as well, Laura is I'd love to hear your perspective on fasting. Like if, if you, uh, you know, what's, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts on fasting, if you, whether you do it or not. I do. I do have an opinion on fasting and it changes very often. I have to admit, um, because yeah, you hear so many things uh, about it from, from different perspectives and I respect both sides. Mm. And I think there definitely are a lot of benefits from fasting, like, like autophagy and that it helps to get rid of the cell damage and toxins as well. And to, yeah, make your body work good again. But, but if you're already in a very stressed state, it should not be the first thing to do because it puts your body in a stressed mode. 
And if you're already in survival mode and your parasympathicus is activated, uh, sorry, your sympathicus is activated, uh, then it's it's not necessarily a good thing. So you should be already in a, your, your body should be provided by the nutrients it needs and you should not do it just to lose weight or something. But if you want to support your autophagy, it's a good thing. This is my opinion. What mm. do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to you. I mean, I think it's a, it's another tool that we can utilize. I don't, I do see it as very stressful for athletes in particular, particularly if people are training like myself, let's say five days a week, six days a week, doing fasting is going to make getting enough calories in difficult personally. That's for me. Cause then, you know, otherwise you're shifting all majority of your calories in super late in the evening and that's not always the best thing. So I think it's like, yeah, there's a time and place for fasting. I've seen it work mm -hmm. for numerous individuals, but, um, and if you're, let's say you've made a mistake with an experiment or something, you've done something to yourself, then <laughs> sometimes it's useful to actually like use the sauna. I've got a sauna here and then, you know, engage in fasting as well. Oh, I love sauna. I'm, I'm the biggest fan of sauna, especially infrared sauna. I will have one one day, <laughs> my own. Yeah. Well, we've, yeah, we've, had, yeah. we've had the, um, we've got an infrared, yeah, the complete oh, nice. infrared sauna. So I've got, got a whole protocol for that, you know, artichoke extract, calcium deglucurate, glutathione and things like that. Yeah. Oh, for detoxification to support yeah. it as well and to get rid of the toxins. Yeah, that's really good. I always mm. also take binders for it when I go to the sauna. Mm. But yes, I, I agree with fasting that it, for most people, if, if they're not in a stressed state, they could benefit from it. But for example, for my clients, when, when they want to lose weight and they already are so nutrient deprived, I just focus on giving them the nutrients they need in the first place and to make a good relationship with food again and yeah to fill the body up with everything it needs and to leave out the shit they don't need and uh, yeah so that they can support the thyroid as well thyroid health and then at a later point we could think about fasting but not for stressed people yeah well i'm glad you brought up the thyroid aspects as well because people aren't unsure about how fasting can affect the thyroid and i think extreme levels of fasting can definitely lower t3 yeah. which is uh not, not yeah yeah i think so too because i mean it's basically telling our body that we are in a stress state and we need to get food as soon as possible and also fasting raises um, adrenaline norepinephrine cortisol and cortisol are antagonists to the thyroid gland so If you want to do it often, then you will probably suppress your thyroid function. Mm. It's not good. What about, I'd love to hear your perspective on, um, on fruit, like whether you incorporate fruits or, you know, your, your perspective. Yes. Yes. I love fruits and I include them definitely. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a big fan. So when I was younger, I thought ketogenic is the way of life and i always was yeah a big keto fan but then i realized we give our body a signal with not eating fruit and it's basically quick energy and yeah we tell our body that it's summer and summer is a sign for our body that there are many foods available and that everything's rich in foods and it yeah helps us de-stress because insulin is released and this is again an antagonist 
to cortisol. So especially stressed people should not go on a ketogenic diet because they will be even more stressed. Mm. But it also depends on where you live because I'm also a fan of seasonal and local eating. And in winter, there is usually not so much fruits available. So I don't think it makes sense to give your body in the deepest winter pineapple when there is no pineapple, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's the same, the exact same here. Although our supermarkets, we can pretty much get anything, anytime, really. Yeah, but I guess from I guess from like the methylation and epigenetics, was there anything else you wanted to dive into at all? Like anything that we sort of maybe missed? I think um, what, what most people understand is that when you want to get pregnant, so if you're a woman or if you have a woman and you want to have a baby, just make sure not just when you want to get pregnant, oh, I should take folate. No, it's, it's not that easy. You should support it way before that. There was um, an experiment. I don't know if you heard about it. The agouti mice. Agouti. Uh, Agouti mice, what, what do they do? It's, it's a gene and that yeah, predisposes your body to, be, um, to develop uh, those diseases like cancer and heart diseases and diabetes, etc. And um, they did the experiment with the mice, the, the mice that were ill, and they gave them um, folate, vitamin B12, they gave them choline, zinc, um, methionine, all those things that support methylation. And what happened is that the offspring from the mothers that had all those nutrients in the diet, that they turned out healthy again without those gene variants. Wow. So you can, if you want to have a baby, make sure you eat the most nutritious diet so that your offspring will be super healthy and will not miss out on those nutrients because your body will use so much um, um, yeah, folate even more when you're pregnant and also when you want to feed your baby and or most people who want to get a baby again afterwards, they should wait at least one and a half years to fill up all their nutrients in the body again, because their body is so deprived of the pregnancy. And this could also have a bad effect on the second child. <laughs> oh, I'm lucky that I'm the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first, that's the first I've ever heard because um, I, I'm the second child, but I know I'm smarter than my brother. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's not listening to this, this podcast. <laughs> He's, he's musically a lot more gifted gifted than mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just sort of making a joke there. But, yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree that nutrient depletion mm-hmm. impacts the, you know, the fetus and the quality of the, the sperm as well. So it's absolutely. Yeah, mm. from, a, from a, I guess, like from a gut health perspective, is there anything there that interests you? You mean about the epigenetics? Yeah, like a um, microbiome interaction with the with the genome epigenetics. Have you seen any research? Yes, of course. There's big research on that topic. So if you want to methylate probably, you should also make sure that your microbiome is in a healthy state, obviously. So, um, I mean, especially when it comes to um, serotonin and melatonin, it has a lot to do 
with the gut because most of the serotonin, like 90% is produced in the gut and out of that serotonin, melatonin is produced. And as we know now, melatonin is not only our sleeping hormone, it's also big antioxidant and anti-aging hormone, um, even one of the biggest, I think. So yeah, make sure that you have a variety of foods that you ingest um, with all those nutrients and that you feed your good bacteria, also sprouted foods. I'm a fan of sprouted foods and fermented foods as well to support my microbiome. When it comes to yeah, probioticas like this, I would, I would be aware because not all of them are really good, especially when you have a condition like SIBO, it could actually feed yeah, the bacteria. Yeah, you should be careful with it. But this is why we have practitioners who can do testings and find out yeah what what things you should take because there is no general advice with you should eat more fiber in your diet because for most or not for most people but for some people it could be even worse if they yeah start eating too much fiber. i agree i definitely agree we've seen studies where people that have constipation where Mm -hmm. there's one study where they removed fiber and it mm-hmm. fixed, it literally fixed their constipation. I mean, do you remember, have you seen that study? No, I haven't seen that study, but I think it has to do with those uh, bacteria, those bad bacteria that yeah. leads to the constipation. And when they removed it, because bacteria feeds on that fiber, you feed, you feed your bacteria, even if it's good um, or it could also be bad, but mm. you would feed it with, uh, with those fiber. And yeah, if it's bad, then you will just promote growth of that bad bacteria mm. yeah so maybe Laura, do you want to was there any any other areas i guess you wanted to discuss before we slowly wrap up the show at all if you do not have a question cool cool well then i guess maybe did you want to um let let my listeners know how they can connect with you where they can find you online mm-hmm. so you can find me on instagram I also work with Ryan from Luite and together and um, yeah, you, you can just, yeah, message me there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's great, great to connect. It's uh, I'm sure that we'll all end up meeting each other one day at maybe a seminar. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe some cool expo where we all give a talk or something, but um, yeah, it was was awesome meeting you and um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.